You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. Welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. Harold, this is our 75th episode. Wow. 75. Wow. Yeah. I know. That's crazy. You know, you and I got together a couple of weeks ago when I was headed out to East Arkansas, had our wives with us. We sat down at a, what was that, mm-hmm. Roper's? Yeah, Roper's restaurant. Man, that place, if you're in Central Arkansas, man, outside of B, what is that, B Branch, BB? Uh, BB, yeah. BB, yeah. Man, Roper's place to go. So we ate there with our wives. If we had recorded that, that would have been probably our most listened to episode because that was, we had a great time. Yeah, we did too. Amanda and I both said we have not laughed that much in years. Man, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. 75 episodes of. Yes. And if you look, listen back to those first ones, you know, you and I are just not tech guys, you know, so we had to learn how to do things. And for the first few episodes, I had my microphone turned backwards and it sounded like I was like the, uh, on the, what is it? Charlie Brown on the phone call. Wah, 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 wah. I had a $30 Samsonite mic in, in a, uh, in a UPS box with foam around it to try to knock the episode, the uh, echo down. So I was talking into a cardboard box. I felt like them guys on Oh Brother Where Art Thou. There's a man yeah. out there that'll pay you to sing into a box. <laughs> oh, it's funny. So we we've come a long ways as far as the uh, clarity of the podcast, but uh yes, seventy five episodes under our belts. Wow. And yesterday Amanda and I celebrated our twenty sixth wedding anniversary. Can't believe it. Man, Missy and I just celebrated twenty eight. The second oh, wow. of September. Yeah. 28 for you. 28 for me. 26 for you, man. Where's the time go, Wade? Uh, it flies by for sure. The older you get, I've heard that all my life, but it's certainly true. There's one thing that, uh, you did not have when you and Missy got married and Amanda and I did not have when we got married is social media. Mm. We didn't have, uh, anyone in the, uh, in the audience, taking pictures with their phone or going live on Facebook or whatever the case is. It was just an old fashioned wedding. Yeah. Al Gore <laughs> was in the process of inventing the internet about the time we got married. Yes. Yeah. He had just had been invented it then. And, uh, you know, internet at that time was for the rich folks who had the toys and we didn't, we didn't have internet until like the early two thousands in our home. Did you have dial up where it would make that dial oh, yeah. down and you'd have to sit there and wait? Wait, wait, and you might get like an email that had a picture attached and you click on the picture and it'd start like unrolling. (laughs) It would get to right here. I remember like, you know, my family all hunts. It'd get to like right here. You'd see a guy with an orange hat and just the tops of the deer horn sticking up. And I'm like, how many points does it have? And it'd it'd be dialing. Then it might drop down. It's got at least eight, you know, and then it would be dialing. Right, right. And kids today will never know the experience of the early internet. Exactly. No, they have no clue. No clue. Yeah. But we're going to be talking about social media and talking about uh, the title of this episode is Unplugged. 
walking away from social media. And the reason that we're talking about this subject uh, on this episode is because you have made the announcement on Twitter and Facebook that you are deleting your accounts and uh, and coming off of social media. We're going to get into the reasons why. Uh, but Harold, I, I was just doing some looking. Uh, there are globally 4.9 billion with a B, billion people on social media worldwide. There's only like 8 billion in the world. So this is half the world is on social media. I mean, you, you can see even in the uh, the poorest sections of Africa, you know, they don't have water or food, but they got a phone and they're on doing, doing TikTok stuff, you know. They're trying and, to reach me about their grandmother's inheritance. They just need somebody to sign for it and they'll split it with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get those all the time. Frame request. Yeah. Um, but it, it is worldwide. It is a part of society. Now it is the norm of society on average. The average person who has a social media account spends two hours and 30 minutes a day on social media. So, uh, let's get into some of the reasons why you have decided to totally unplug. And that's all of your accounts, right? Right. Yeah, I'll still keep a, some people would consider YouTube uh, social media. I would not. It's a place to upload videos. I don't do short videos. I might have done one or two in my life, but I have a another YouTube account, a secular YouTube account that I used to post videos on. Matter of fact, I even made a couple hundred bucks a month off of it because uh, it was monetized. And it was called Preacher's Day Off. And I found myself getting wrapped up. And hey, look, YouTube, if I, they're going to promote me, I've got to do two videos a week. You know, so sometimes mm -hmm. I would just go make a video of anything to get my second video in that week. And then some weeks, you know, I would, it, I, I'd catch a bunch of fish, I'd video it. But wait, it got to where everywhere I was going, I was carrying this stupid camera in my hand looking for an opportunity to make a video to keep my YouTube channel going. And I'm like, man, I, this ain't worth $200 a month, $270 mm -hmm. a month. I mean, it, you know, I'm not making a living at this. This is so I just, I dumped it. I said, I'm not going to do it. And I would say probably a year and a half ago, I, um, I dumped, uh, the, uh, Facebook off my phone. And the reason I was doing it is it was linking messenger with my phone and, I was like, they got mm -hmm. too much. They have too much access to me. I don't need this on my phone. So I took Facebook off my phone and then I would find myself sitting in the doctor's office, just scrolling through Twitter on my phone. And I was like, I don't, you know, I used to go to the doctor's office and I would try to strike up a conversation, ask somebody about where do you go to church at? Who's your pastor? You know, have a, some kind of spiritual. And I, I, I wasn't, I, I was isolated and I looked around the doctor's office and everybody was on their phone. Since COVID, nobody reads the magazines anymore but me, and I'll pick up a Gideon's Bible just to freak everybody out, and I'll read the dirty uh, doctor's office Gideon's Bible. Yeah, and then right. somebody says, you know, what are you reading, and and have a conversation. But I said I don't need this on my phone, so I took the the two social media sites I spend the most time on, Facebook and Twitter, took them off my phone, and I would never say I was a socialite in that you know I was posting all the time. I could go days without posting on any platform, weeks without mm -hmm. posting. 
And, uh, but it was always there. And even though it wasn't posting, I'd find myself just sitting there with my phone out scrolling. And, um, I, I, I as much as I had limited it, I still felt like I, it was, it was not healthy. And so about, I guess it was about two months ago, I was preaching in a revival in Greenwood, Arkansas, my hometown. Mm-hmm. And, um, I haven't lived there for 28 years. I mean, we, I moved here when I got married, I moved, moved across the river. So I went back to my hometown. I preached in a revival service in my hometown. I saw some people there in the church that I hadn't seen in a long time, but I knew them through Facebook, you know, and, and that's how they found out I was preaching there was they saw it on Facebook and they, some of them came out of morbid curiosity just to see if I really was a preacher. Some yeah. of them always wanted to hear me preach. And so anyways, when we, when the services were over a couple other pastors and I, and my wife, we were going to run down to a local restaurant and eat supper. And as we were walking in, a guy and his wife were walking out and he called my name and I looked and it, it was a, a guy that I had been buddies with in school. He was a year older than me. His name was Charlie. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, hey, Harold. And I said, hey, Charlie. And man, we shook hands. Well, he married a girl that I went all the way through school with named Rachel. Rachel's on social media. We're friends. I mean, I know what she looks like. I know they got a daughter. I've seen pictures of them at dance recitals and whatnot. But Charlie, I'd didn't ever really have any interaction with. And we were buddies in high school and I'm, I'm 30 years out of school, Wade. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen this guy in 30 years. Wow. And I think I know him because I'm following his wife on Facebook. So we're talking and, and he's like, man, we've got to get together. You know, we've got to spend, we, we need to go eat. And I'm like, we do. And, and when I finished eating with those preachers, I got in the car, I was driving home. I was like, man, social media stinks. Mm-hmm. you're not seeing the real person. And if, even if you're, you're friends with them, you're just seeing YouTube filtered nuggets. You know, I mean, yeah, right. Filtered blips, you know, it's just not sure. You're not seeing the real person. You don't really know what's going on, you know? Right. And even if they share it, if it's not in the community guidelines, it's not showing up on your feed. Mm-hmm. And about two months ago, I just really became, disgruntled that just, I just didn't want it, you know? And another thing that pushed me over the edge is Twitter. Mm-hmm. I've deleted my Twitter account three times. I think before now, this is my fourth, my fourth <laughs> attempt at Twitter. It's and your fourth time, divorce, huh? Yeah. It's my fourth divorce to the same woman, you know, <laughs> every time I get up to about 500 people following me, yeah, I can't take it anymore, you know? And so I began to pray about my attitude because I was just getting bitter. I was getting argumentative. I was seeing so many things that were upsetting me on Twitter. And the Lord gave me some clarity there. He said, Harold, yeah. look, you're seeing too much of people you don't like. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's what it says in Proverbs. Mm-hmm. The people that that aggravate me are the ones that post the most on Twitter. They're always on there. They've always got their phone out taking a selfie. And I'm like, I don't see your stupid mug, you know, or, or if they're not taking a selfie, they're taking a picture of something that, you know, a worship service, boy, the Holy spirit was here to, you know, we, we had this great service. I'm like, put your phone away, you know, Mm -hmm. and it would just frustrate me. And, and so, um, I, 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 I knew I needed to, you know, so I deleted a bunch of the the worst of the worst that bothered me most. I blocked them or deleted them or whatever I had to do. I thought I'll make it better. It didn't get any better. And so, uh, it'd been working for, it'd been, it'd been working for, I mean, I knew this was a problem years ago. 
I haven't right. watched a, a local newscast in probably five years. I'm talking about, you know, whatever your local news station. I haven't watched one of those in at least five years. I don't watch network news. I haven't had satellite or or cable TV in my house since I built this home 24 mm-hmm. years ago. So, I mean, I, I've never really been like a movie watcher. I, I don't get involved in sitcoms. I'm I'm just not that it's never been a pro it's never been something that was important to me. Sure. But you end up where social media is where you need to be. I mean, that's where everybody's at, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I used to say, if we're going to reach them, we got to go where they are and they're on social media. And so that was always how I justified staying on social media, having a presence there. And, um, anyways, I, I watched a documentary that just kind of, said, all right, today's the day. You've thought about it long enough. Today's the mm. day. And the documentary was put out in 2013, of all things, 10 years ago. Yeah. Captivated. And um, it was, you know, how social media has captivated us. Mm. Digital media is really what they were talking about. But in that documentary, Wade, there were, there were doctors, there were um, psychologists, there were brain doctors. I mean, there were, yeah. there were professors that all study the effects of the brain uh, Mm -hmm. on the brain. And they were talking about our attention spans, which this is something that my wife deals with. She's a public school teacher. And I were like, we didn't have attention deficit disorder when I was a kid. Right. Parents beat that out of us at an early age, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, if they didn't get it done, when you got to school, the teacher would beat it out of you. If y'all could just go back to, you know, paddling again, you wouldn't have (laughs) an attention problem. Right. And I got to thinking about that Wait, I was like, no, I had an attention problem. I I would get in trouble for staring out the window during school. Mm -hmm. I just never wanted to do my work. The teacher said I was smart. I just wouldn't apply myself. Well, it it didn't interest me. Yeah. I probably had attention deficit disorder, you know, but why is it so rampant today? And what these doctors were saying, we're talking about the development of the human brain. You know, your baby. Mm -hmm. And then once you start walking, your brain really starts growing. You learn to talk about the same time you're you're able to, your eyes, you know, you're able to see good and process. You can move around. You're experiencing new things. And they were talking about your brain, like doubling in size ever so many years during this, this early stage of growth and how that's what happens in that phase of your life during those toddler years Mm -hmm. shapes your personality for the remainder of your life. Wow. And I never thought about that, but right. my wife was talking about uh, students that are selective mute. They can't talk to people. And a lot of times it's because trauma, you know, is mm-hmm. bothering them and it's, it's messing their brain up and they just, they're, they're fearful to talk. And uh, so I, all of this stuff was kind of like in a perfect collision course coming together. Yeah. And so in the documentary, they said generations before us, when you were an infant, you know, they put you in the playpen, you know, in our, in our time, they had a little box, had a little dog pen. They'd set you down in be <laughs> some blocks, you know, stay yeah. in there. Right. But they were saying before that generations before us, you watched your mother cook. There was nothing else. You know, you mm-hmm. watched your dad chop wood, you know, there was nothing yeah. to do. You had interactions with other people. And that was another thing they were talking about social interaction. Mm-hmm. babies being held carried and then kids playing together and and looking for opportunities for children to get together and have social interaction 
Whereas now that's not happening because we give the kids, we put them in front of the television set yeah, and they're watching, you know, animated cartoons that are just stimulant, 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 stimulant. And then if they're not doing that, we, we give them a little, a tablet where they can learn to play games and colors. And mm-hmm. if they pick all the yellow dinosaurs, you know, fireworks go off. Yeah. So while their brains are developing, we think we're teaching them, but we're actually teaching their brain. You need constant stimulus. Yes. Yeah. And then as they get older, they don't have attention spans. And now you and I are preaching to a generation of young men and women who, from the time of their toddlers, they were given video games in their hand. They were given mm-hmm. a cell phone to keep them occupied. And we're trying to deliver a 45 or 50 minute message to them, maybe an hour long sermon. And they can't yeah. stay focused. It, it's because they've been shaped by this. So yeah, you can jump in here anytime. I know I'm doing a lot of talking, but this was the logical process. So these guys are talking about this and I'm like, that makes sense. I see that. Then they said as an adult, well, you know, we may not have had our brain shaped that way in the, in the late seventies, you know, mm-hmm. it was still okay to smoke cigarettes back then. And you, if your kid wouldn't sleep, you'd give him a little bit of beer and he'd go right out. That was common, <laughs> practice. That was common <laughs> practice. My parents didn't drink or do that, but I knew kids that did, you know, right. a doctor said, give him a little beer in his bottle. <laughs> yeah. So, so kids today though, they're, they're not getting that they're getting overstimulation constantly. And so they were talking about adults and they said, social media. Now all the men in this captivated video, the producers, they all had Facebook pages. And this was 10 years ago. Sure. What was funny is they were in the intro, they're showing their Facebook pages and, and it's so antiquated. It's just 10 years. Yeah. Ago. Right. And what they were saying is as adults, we are training ourselves to what's going on. What's going on. What's going on. What am I missing? What am I missing? What am I mm-hmm. missing? And so when we have that at our, you know, in our hand, yeah, it's all right there. You know, we, we, what am I missing? So we don't have to wait till we get home to pull it up. So I watched all the, I watched all the medical proof and I said, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to start unplugging. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did, man. I got up and I, here's what I had on my phone. I had TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. And, um, Instagram, I didn't get on it hardly at all. It, it kind of turned into just a bunch of Russian bots and women trying to get me to click on their site and look at their profile. I mean, I just kind of got bored yeah. Instagram a long time ago. It was no real attraction to me. Yeah. So there were two people on there that I'd met through Instagram. I sent them both, um, messages and said, Hey, I'm leaving Instagram. This is good to know you guys. They end up sending me back their phone numbers. So mm-hmm. we still are communicating that <laughs> way. We're not through Instagram anymore. And, uh, then I, I went to TikTok, and TikTok to me was just entertainment. I didn't, I didn't follow anybody that was that I knew personally, except my brother and my son. And, and, um, so it, it was just a way of watching senseless videos for entertainment. Yeah. And a lot of times I, I would look at TikTok during commercials. You know, I don't have time for a commercial. Let's watch something on TikTok for two minutes and then we'll go back to the football game. Right. And um, anyways, I, so I deleted TikTok and deleted Instagram. I deleted Twitter. I made a post said, hey, if you want to stay friends or you want to contact me, I'm pulling the plug in a couple of days. And so I did. I had a couple of people from Twitter said, hey, I, um, I want your number. I'll, I'll email you. And so we, we exchanged some information there. But really, for me, the hardest one to get rid of 
was Facebook because that's probably where I had the biggest presence. That was the first social media site I'd ever been on. Um, I think I had, I looked, I think I had 1,366 friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, nearly all of those I've known personally or met personally one time. So it wasn't just a bunch of online people. It was actual people that I'd met in the ministry traveling around. Sure. And I got a lot of cousins, aunts, uncles, you know, nieces, nephews, that kind of thing. So, um, um, I made the post there, same thing. Hey, I'm leaving. Here's why Mm -hmm. Uh, I shared the documentary captivated and nobody liked it. Nobody commented, nobody shared, (laughs) nobody said nothing. So a couple days later I shared it again. And I said, I've shared this. Nobody sees it. If you see it, would you just like it so that I know that you, you've seen it. I think four people clicked on that. They saw that Yeah, yeah. out of of nearly 1400 people that I was with four clicked on it, that they saw it. And a couple of people called me and said, man, are you really going to just turn it all off? I said, yeah. And I was like, did you see the video I shared? And they're like, no. Mm -hmm. And so before I got off, I just wanted to verify things. I went back and I scrolled through my newsfeed. And I would see three posts from, you know, friends, people I, I knew like you or some other person. And then I would see a recommended post and it would be to some Facebook, you know, influencer. Then I would see an ad, mm-hmm. see three posts, and then I would see a recommended. It would be, and it would be funny, you know, it would be a meme or a quote. And then I would see an ad and I'm like, for every three friends post I'm seeing, I'm seeing two ads. Or, or, or recommended in an ad. So, so two yeah. recommendations to three of my personal friends. And then I got to noticing that the friends I was following Wade were, well, they, it was like, I wasn't seeing the, the recent post. I've seen something from a week ago, five mm-hmm. days old post. And I'm like, they used to be on Facebook all the time. He used to make 10 posts a day, so right? Click on their profile. And they were still posting 10 times a day. It's just Facebook didn't feel the need to share that information with me. Sure. Sure. And that put me over the edge. I was like, yeah. man, this is why nothing I want to say gets out. Facebook, when you log in, it says, what's on your mind? Yeah. And if you were to <laughs> put that on there, they're like, oh, that don't meet the community guidelines. Yeah, We're not sure. sure. You know, nobody's going to see that post. And Right. Right. And so I just, I felt like, man, between seeing my old friends, my hometown, watching the video, being frustrated on Twitter. I mean, I just like, if I'm going to criticize this, I can't stay a part of it. I can't be mm-hmm. part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is doing me no good. I, I don't. And I want to say something right now before. Cause a lot of people probably are turned me off. Like, well, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving up my candy crush and all my other Facebook games. Yeah. But in reality, I'm not saying these things are inherently evil or sinful, but I can, I can clinically say these are not healthy. Mm-hmm. No, that's not healthy. Um, it's not, it's not evil to eat biscuits and gravy for breakfast, but if you eat that every day, you're going to have yourself a heart attack pretty quick, you know? Yeah. Right. Wait, unless you got the metabolism of a hummingbird, you better not be eating that kind of stuff. Right. And I think social media, just because of the way it's structured and the way it affects our brains over time, I think it's something that you either need to take breaks from limit your access to, or in my case, I'm just completely off. 
You know, I think it's just cold turkey. I'm done. Yeah. Well, and like you said, you're not advocating that everybody gets off of that or every Christian gets off, but for you, and I think we can say, and we would all agree, all agree that our nation, maybe even our world is, is more divisive now after the advent of social media, especially Facebook. Yeah. If, if there is one platform that I could easily, more easily get off of and uh, delete that account would be Facebook because man, you can't hardly share your opinion without it being a, you know, explosive, uh, you're a racist, misogynist, whatever, you know? Um, so I, I think just the way that platform is set up, it, it stirs people. If you, if you are a strong conservative Christian, you're going to be mad by the time you have quit scrolling Facebook because you're going to see something that uh, they intentionally want you to see to stir you up and so forth. You know, I was telling people years ago, quit watching Fox News. And they were like, well, that's the only conservative news show. And I'm like, you don't need a news show. Mm-hmm. This, In my mind, and this is why for years, used to, you watch the 6 o'clock and the 10 o'clock news. That was it. It was all you got. And then we got the 24 hour news cycle. Well, I got to think of what happens if nothing happens in 24 hours. What if there's no drama? Here's what I found out. They manufacture it. Yeah. They find a guy in a faraway town that's died while in police custody. And they make that a big deal. The mm-hmm. media makes that this would just be a, a two lines in a local newspaper. Sure. Unless the national media doesn't have something for their 24 hour news cycle. Right. Right. And so we can go back beyond just social media and see that this kind of influence has been on us for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of feel like the guy, when the automobile came out, I drove it for a while and I'm like, now nah, I'm going back to my horse. I know I got to yeah. feed him oats every, I got to brush him down. I know yeah, 12 years I'll have to put, put one in him and bury him out behind the barn. But right. I don't like where we're headed, you know, um, sure. I, I kind of feel that way. And so I've got criticism from people online, yeah. I've got messages, I've got comments, you know, well, you were a breath of fresh air on Facebook, you know, you were a voice of reason or, well, you know, if all Christians left social media, this would be a cesspool. I wanted to say it's already a cesspool. We're not, mm-hmm. I've yeah. never, I've never made one convert through social media. I've won a lot of arguments but I've never seen one convert. Right. So I thought about that. And and this is what I came to, you know, if I've got to go in the bar and smell like cigarette smoke and hold a martini or a beer, just a witness to drunks, I think I'll stay outside, keep my clothes clean and catch them when they come out the door. Mm -hmm. So I'm maintaining a presence on Facebook. I've created a private account. I've started a, a business page for my ministry so I can share my quarterly newsletter with people that only get it through Facebook. Uh, people can find the, 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 the podcast there can be shared there. Yeah. I need a way to operate the church's Facebook page. Every church I've ever worked with has had a Facebook page and I need access to it as a pastor. So I, I recognize that most of the world is there, but I don't think I have to go in there and wallow in the mire with them to reach them. Sure. sure. I, I think I can post podcast. I can preach. I can put sermons online. 
I'm going to build my own website. You can find me on the internet. You're just not going to find me in the clutches of social media, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Wade. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very interesting. We're, we're talking about this because uh, Arkansas's head coach in football, Sam Pittman, just uh, made an announcement. I guess it was uh, Monday that he is coming off of Twitter. He's not going to really? have a Twitter account. And you wouldn't believe the uproar that that uh, uh, set off because, you know, that that's the face of uh, your program. That's where people are. That's how you get recruits. But he said, uh-uh, I'm tired of it. I'm not messing with it. And he said, guys, I am trying to counsel with football players that are dealing with mental health issues, depression, because of Twitter and social media. Yeah. You know, these are 19-year-old kids who are having some fans, if they do something wrong, want to, you know, drive up there and break their legs, you know. And uh, and so they're, these kids are having to be the hero one day and have all this accolades from social media. Then the next day, if they did something wrong that cost them the game, they want their heads, you know. And And for kids nowadays, they can't handle that very difficult. And so he was like, I'm tired of it. I'm done. And I see that, I see that, um, in, in my own life, my own experience rather of seeing the destructive nature of social media and what it can have, especially on younger people. Yeah. Uh, cyber bullying, uh, bullying and so forth uh, is a real thing that, uh, especially those in public schools deal with, on a daily basis, uh, not healthy at all. The problem with social media is you say things on social media. You wouldn't say to their face. Yeah. You know, people will say things to me on social media and I probably do the same thing to them, but I would, I would respond in a much more harsher judgmental way because I'm not reaching them. You know, they can't, and, and you can't, you can't get the interaction we get in a conversation where we can see each other, you and I are looking at each other. We're not mm-hmm. talking over the phone. You can yeah. tell if I'm animated, you can tell if I'm half asleep, you know, that doesn't come across in the written word right. most of the time. So we don't know if someone's screaming unless they type in all caps. Uh, and so what happens is it leads us to be more harsh in our, our replies to convey our, our emotions. Mm-hmm. It's not a healthy way to communicate. And right. one of the things in Captivated, that documentary, I, I've watched several since then, uh, uh, since that one, but they were talking about the way it, it messes with our emotions and it leads us to this sense of if no one liked it, was I right? If no one shared it, was it, was it really worth telling, you know, and we have this, mm-hmm. like you were saying with the players, they feel like they have to perform a certain way because they have this social media yeah. influence on them. And I just, like I said, overall, I think it's unhealthy. I'm not against biscuits and gravy, but if you're eating that every morning, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not against uh brisket and pulled pork. I love them both, but I don't eat that even once a month because I'm trying to lose weight and get healthy. Yeah. Those things are good, but they've got to be proportioned. And, um, for me, I just don't see the benefit of being involved in social media, the amount of time I waste 
And sure. it's, not, it's not like I sit down for hours, but my usual routine, Wade, was to get up at six o'clock, come into my office in the house, turn the light on, check Facebook, check Twitter, mm-hmm. and then check messages on a few other things, reply to emails. I get up and walk into my, my office now and the, the bookmarks on my, my screen are like four, you know, <laughs> yeah. I pull my phone up and I got the weather app is about all I got on there, you know, pictures right. and the camera and the weather app. Uh-huh. And so I come back here and I, I, I'm, I start working on something and I'm like, well, it's time for my wife to leave for work. I usually go in there and talk to her before she leaves and, you know, tell her goodbye before I come back to the office. And then I start my day. I'm getting like an hour's worth of work done in that six o'clock to seven o'clock window where I would have been, you know, responding to emails, which I thought was ministry. Mm-hmm. They're asking me church related questions or ministry related questions. You know, people I've met or churches I've worked with or, you know, and I'm like, I got an email for that. If this is important, email me. You've yeah. got my phone number. If it's real important, just call me. Right. What am I doing? And and even though I'm responding, I'm I'm scrolling a little bit and I type a little bit and I scroll. And I need to comment on that. That little bit of just it ends up turning into an hour every morning. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I, I know. So for me, yes. I, it's been two days since I've been everything's deleted. It takes 30 days to go away. Yeah. But I'm not going back. I've just seen enough in the last two days. I'm going to be so much more productive in the future. I don't see any, any real need for me to ever go back to social media. Right. Well, I'm not hey. never, I'm not saying never, ever, but I, I didn't, I've, I've seen so much of a change in two days mm-hmm. that I'm like, wow, you know, what if I did, what if I read a book instead of scrolled through TikTok during the commercial? Yeah. Much better off would I be that kind of thing. So, right. I appreciate you sharing your, your thoughts on that. And some of the reasons why you're coming off of social media and congratulations to our 75th episode. And, uh, I think I'm going to celebrate Harold with, uh, biscuits and gravy. Wow. I'm Man, drinking. You kept on talking about biscuits and gravy. You made me hungry again. I'm drinking dandy blend. One of our sponsors. The only place I know you can buy this in person is the Amish <laughs> store outside of Dillwyn, Virginia, but. I will warn you, you may grow an Amish beard. So lady, transparently. <laughs> well, we'll leave it at that. We want to thank everyone for tuning in and, uh, and really without you guys, without you listeners, we would have never made it to 75 episodes. And, uh, we thank you so much and we pray the Lord's blessings upon you.